When the enemy tries to bring condemnation upon your life, the opposite is boldness, and you need to rise up like a lion and say, out of here, devil. That has not come from my heavenly Father, and I'm not going to partake in that condemnation. Literally, you want to walk in the boldness of the Lord, then you need to actually open your mouth and say, out of here, devil. I'm not falling for that same tactic. Turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 and in verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you be strong? Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. The Lord your God is with you. Say, the Lord my God is with me everywhere I go. Keep your finger in, in the book of Joshua because we're going to be in Joshua chapter 1 here today. But I want you to quickly turn to Romans 8. Keep your finger in Joshua chapter 1, but turn to Romans 8, verse 1. Therefore, it says, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is no condemnation that is allowed to remain within you when you do not walk according to the flesh but instead you walk according to the Spirit. Condemnation is a conviction of death. Ultimately, death to your hopes, death to your dreams. Its goal is to destroy. Condemnation is. Its goal is to rob from you. What is the opposite? of condemnation. The opposite of condemnation is courage. If you're walking and you feel that heavy weight of condemnation, can you walk in boldness and in courage? It's completely opposite, isn't it? It's completely opposite. We know that the righteous are as bold as a lion, right? So when you're walking in boldness, when you're walking in courage, can you also be walking in condemnation? No. Because when you have the boldness of the Lord, when you're walking in the courage of God, condemnation doesn't even have a chance. It has no chance in your life. You know the difference. You can tell the difference. When the enemy tries to bring condemnation upon your life, the opposite is boldness, and you need to rise up like a lion and say, out of here, devil. That has not come from my heavenly Father, and I'm not going to partake in that condemnation. Why? Let's go back to, let's go back to um, Joshua in chapter 1. We have the word of the Lord in 1-9. I just, we just read it together. Joshua chapter 1 and in verse 9, and it says... Have I not commanded you be strong? He's telling us to be strong. He says, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that an amazing, incredible revelation? When you look at that and you read it and you go, my goodness, the Lord is with me everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, everything I do. God is with me, everything I do. God is with you. So God wants to move you forward. He wants to move you from triumph to triumph. He actually wants you to triumph over your enemies. He wants to move you. And, and, and it says in Matthew 11 and verse 12, 
It says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. The violent take it by force. Everything that belongs to you that's already written in the word of God, you are to take by force. All right? So Joshua, which means Jehovah saves, he was a former slave in Egypt, church. Okay? He was a former slave. He became a leader of God's people after Moses died. Became the leader of, of God's people. But his training was under his general, his general Moses. His training was under Moses. He was equipped to be successful because he stayed very closely to the man of God of which he was assigned to. He stayed very closely, and because he stayed closely, he was being equipped to be the next person in line. Joshua was ready to take the land, the promised land. The manna ceased. They had manna before it ceased. Okay, the Jordan behind them. Now they're opening up. They're going into a new beginning. It was a new beginning. They would still face walled cities, church. Double doors are open. Time to celebrate. You will still face walled cities, people. You will still face the fierce enemies. It's just that you realize that they are no match for the Lord your God. Because you've already seen the incredible miracles that God has fought on your behalf. So even though you go through the double doors of blessing and you see, wow, sometimes there's still this, what is this? I thought this was a season of blessing. What is this? Aren't we, do it, didn't she prophesy? Did you really think they were crossing over that land and the enemy was just going to roll over and play dead? Or is it more likely that they actually had to conquer what was right in front of them and they were well able to do so? Because their training has already equipped them. Your training has already equipped you. You are already equipped. There's no weapon that's been formed against you that's going to prosper. You just have to be able to identify the weapon, the circumstance. And you need to make sure you don't get taken up into it so that your emotions can't tell the difference. Because that's where it usually happens is in our emotions. But we are faith-filled people, aren't we? We're filled with faith and the mountains that are moving, and they must move, because we are walking into the land to possess it. Say, I'm walking into the land to possess it. Woo! Personally and corporately. So Joshua was blessed. He was blessed with earthly blessings in the land of Canaan. And we too are blessed. We too are blessed. Ephesians 1.3. We are blessed in Christ in the heavenly blessing. We too are blessed. Praise be, this is what Ephesians 1.3 says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Say he's blessed us. Not with some and not with a partial blessing. Not a blessing that we deserved, we earned, right? The blessing is from God. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So we need to see the parallels. They're going into the promised land, but they still had some work to do. It wasn't all over. They still needed to be attentive. But they had faith for seeing what God had already done and that God is faithful and he's going to continue. So new beginnings. 
We're in a new beginning, season of new beginnings. With double doors that have opened before us, we're in a season of new beginnings. But new beginnings, they bring, they literally bring transitions. There, there, there's a transition that happens when there's a new beginning. There's change, right? And sometimes change is difficult. Sometimes people don't like change at all, right? But that's okay. We still need to realize change is good when we allow our hearts to change according to his word. And we continue to say, Lord, change my heart. Break my heart. I just want to live for you. So whatever you need to do. So new beginnings bring transitions. They went from being wilderness wanderers to being courageous conquerors. You too. You're, 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 you've gone and are going with to, from a wilderness mentality to a courageous conqueror. You are a courageous conqueror, no matter what you've gone through. And I don't care how long it's been there and maybe still is. No matter what. Say, no matter what. Because of God on my side, I am victorious. You are enough because of Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we have an inheritance. Joshua, Caleb. They had an inheritance. We have an inheritance. They had to claim it. We have to claim it. Right? We have to claim it and we have to implement the blessings. So too much of the church acts like prisoners of war. You're not prisoners of war. You're actually called to be passionate conquerors. Yeah, we're called to be passionate conquerors, a disciplined army ready to fight. Sometimes people say, why do they worship for so long? You think that's long? First of all, it's not long. Pastor James, is it long? No. We've just barely touched just the, the head of this thing. No, I honestly believe that. I honestly believe that, you know, what God is moving us into is going to be like there's going to be a whole lot more worship than what we see right now. <laughs> why? Because our worship is our war. Our worship is our, our, our adoration and our praise unto him, but, but worship is warring too. You know, stop thinking that you're going to have to fight and battle with, with just standing and, and, and decreeing the word, which of course you do and of course you always will. But don't forget that your worship is also war. And when you worship, you are warring. When we're, when we're lifting up our voice and we're just calling out on the name of Jesus or we're just singing hallelujah, do you not realize the level of warfare that is actually literally just being chopped off, the head of the enemy that's being chopped off with every hallelujah, with every praise? It's the, it's the authority, it's the passion behind it, right? And so when you lift your voice, I want everyone to lift their voices. I don't care if you say, I don't sing. Yes, you do. You make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Yes, you do. We all do. If God didn't come and anoint it, it's not going to matter. But he comes and he anoints it because he sees the purity of heart. So because he sees the purity of heart, there's anointing that flows every time we worship. And I'll tell you. I tell you, you guys are getting set free more and more and more, you know, so it's one of the things that is, do, is happening in this new beginning, this transition that we are in, you know, we're not prisoners of war, church, you're not a prisoner of war, it may feel like that sometimes, but you're not, you're not, you're actually a passionate conqueror, you're actually a passionate conqueror, you're disciplined, and you're ready to fight, and your fight doesn't, like I said, your fight many times looks like you're just worshiping him. Arms up, voices raised, 
on your face on the floor and uh, one sound coming out it doesn't even make it's not even a word hey it's not even a word but i'll tell you right now it's worship and it breaks strongholds it breaks strongholds so you can't really do that if you have a spirit of condemnation upon you because it takes just a little bit of boldness and courage to do that don't you think you can't do it. See, so the one of the things that the enemy really wants to rob you of so that you don't walk in what we're talking about here today, the courage, be courageous, right? Be strong, be courageous, Joshua 1, 9. The, one of the things, and it's always the same tactic, but it's really that spirit of fear, which is that condemnation. Romans 8, we just, we just read it. Romans 8, 1. It is that condemnation. You can't. You should have. You, you're disqualified. You know, it's never going to change. It's always the same. You know, all the negativities that are being spoken, whether it's in your head or your emotions, it doesn't really matter. It's still there. And when they're there, if they're there, they're literally robbing you of your ability to walk in the courageous boldness that we're called to walk in, that the devil is afraid of. He's afraid of you. When you walk in boldness and in courage, which is why, you know, Joshua, they, had, they needed to go enter into a land that was promised to them, that was still inhabited by the enemy. You know, they had to enter in. They still need to conquer. They still needed to conquer. They weren't done. They weren't done fighting, but they were equipped. They were ready. God chose them. They were ready. They were, they were faith-filled. They were ready with, with faith, with a yes in their spirit, and equipped you know, as well. They've been through battles. They've, they've known, right? So, so they couldn't look at that and say, well, I don't know, it's too much, and shrunk back. Well, let me rephrase that. They could have. We all have a choice. We all could do that. It's not the right choice, right, to shrink back when you've already seen the hand of God in your life, to shrink back and look at the situation and the circumstances when you've already seen God just literally remove mountains and, and destroy armies right in front of your face. You don't stop going back to the same old pit when God says, I have already prepared you, you are prepared. You don't have to feel prepared. You just need to know that you are. When you got saved, you said yes to Jesus because you took it upon him on faith. Right? You're saved by grace through faith in Christ, right? You just know you're saved. None of you in here, I believe, thinks, oh, I think I might be going to hell. I'm worried I'm going to hell. Right? I believe you're confident that you're going to heaven, but you took it by faith. Well, you need to take this by faith too. He's calling you to be a bold, courageous warrior, to literally have the boldness of the Lord. He says, be strong and be courageous. Why would he have to say that? Matter of fact, he repeats this very same phrase over and over. He says it over and over and over because we need to hear it over and over and over. Because the enemy doesn't stop. He's relentless in a negative way. But our God is also relentless after us. Ephesians 6, 12 says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We know this. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we cast down right now. We destroy every dark place, every ruler, every principality, every wickedness in high place right now. We decree it right now. It goes in the name of Jesus. It's removed from you right now in the name of Jesus. Every 
spiritual form of wickedness that was coming against your well-being, I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. All of it. All of it. Every place of compromise, we destroy it. We drive it out by the finger of God. All of it. All of it. Every place of fear, we say it goes. Every place of, of condemnation, we say it goes. For the Lord says, I want to impart unto you the boldness and the courage of the Lord. The righteous are as bold as a lion. That's who you are. And you cannot walk in courage if you're walking in condemnation. And I know you all know the difference. And you can all testify to times where all of a sudden you didn't understand why you didn't speak up or you didn't respond correctly. Later you realized there was condemnation. There was fear on me. That's why I couldn't speak. That's why I couldn't be bold. I want you to see the correlation to that because God says, listen, I've equipped you. You guys are equipped. But faith says, I believe the word of God and not my circumstance. Like I've told you before, you're not healed when you see the healing. You're healed when you receive it by faith. You are literally healed when you receive by faith the works that have already been done by Christ on the cross. And you receive it by faith. The enemy wants you to doubt it, of course. The battle is, of course, in the mind. But that's where we need to stand strong and don't let your mind get weary. The only time your mind gets weary is when you're not disciplining the mind to literally take every thought and make it captive and obedient to the word of God. But the more we do that, the easier it gets, right? So basically, this is, I'm going to move on here, but I want to say this. Basically, okay, the reason, one of the reasons why it's so important that we take every thought, make it captive, make it obedient, okay, is because our lives, our soul, we are in charge. God has put the responsibility to walk with him, the sound mind, purity of heart. He's put all this in your court, the responsibility. It's your job to take care of your soul, to lay before him and say, Father, something's not right. Heal my heart. Show me. You all know many, many Christians that walk around, everything is great, and it's not. They're not allowing the Lord to literally do the heart work, the deep inner work, the soul work, right? He's beloved. I desire. He says, I desire that you prosper, you be in health in all ways, even as your soul prospers in 3 John 3 or 2, right? He says, beloved, I desire that you prosper, your soul prospers, that you're in prosperity, and that you're in health in all ways. He lists them all. So it's our job to say, Lord, we're in a season of blessing. I don't want to miss not one thing. I don't want to miss not one thing that you're doing, not one. So it is my job to make sure that my soul is healthy and whole. And how I do that, but I just lay myself before the Lord and I say, Lord, show me my own heart. Show me the areas that need healing. And I say, Lord, touch my heart. Heal my heart. Go deep, as deep as you need to go. But I am not going to walk like, like with a, a leg that's like broken or hurting, a limp. I'm not going to act like something I'm not. That's the point of what I'm trying to say. You guys, there's so much healing. People come here from all over. You know, one of the reasons they come is because they see the power to be healed here. You may not always know the story. You may not know the depths of it all. Sometimes none of us do. But God does. He draws people here that a lot of people wouldn't know what to do with. 
doesn't make us any better. Doesn't make, I'm, not, I'm not trying to elevate ourselves or myself. No, but I'm just telling you what's happening. I'm just telling you the truth. And I'm grateful that God sees fit to pour his spirit out in the way he does. And I don't want any of you to miss, because obviously none of you that I know of are in the camp of this specific story I'm referring to. But it doesn't matter, because everybody has something that they need God to touch them and to heal them. And, and so just let him, because in this transition time, God wants to do incredible things. So let him, just let him, let him touch you. Let him, let him heal you. You're not a prisoner of war. You're not. Okay, you're, you're a passionate conqueror. So Joshua was one of the 12 spies who went out into the land of Canaan along with Caleb. There were only two out of the 12 that believed the right report, the good report, right? You know, they saw the giants, but they also saw the promise in their heart, in their mind. They believed that promise. They knew that although it was going to require a fight, the fight was actually stacked in their favor. That's something that we need to understand because the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Yes, there's a fight, but it's already stacked in your favor, church. You have favor with both God and man. So instead of going, oh, my gosh, how are we going to do that? Say, the same way that we did that and that and that, the same way, the same way he drew, he drew us out of the pit, the same way. It's rigged in a good way. So the promised land was not just a land that they were going to inherit, church. It wasn't just a land that they were going to inherit. It's, it was a gift. The promised land was a gift, right? So God... His, his promises are gifts to us as well. Let's turn to Genesis 17, verse 1, because God's, he promised this gift on the day that he called Abram out. You know, and when he, would, he says, I'm going to birth that nation, right? He, he already promised this. It's already been spoken. It's just being repeated. Here we are in the book of Joshua. It's just being repeated. Thank God he does repeat things to us. Genesis 17, 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants. I'm establishing my covenant between you and me and also your children. Your children after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant. Yes, to you and to your descendants after you. So here we have this promise, right? It's not just land. It's a gift. We know that the word of the Lord says in James 1.17 that every good and perfect gift Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. Yes, it does. Of whom there's no change, there's no varying of shadows. He, every good and perfect gift comes down from him. So the land was a gift. It was their promise. It was their blessing. It, it, it was, but it was a gift. God also is a gift giver. He's a great gift giver. And he wants to give you every good and perfect gift. Right? And so instead of looking at the difficulties, we look at God's ability, right? Yeah, amen. So the gift was theirs for the taking. But listen to this. The land needed to be purged. Uh-oh. Yeah, the gift was theirs for the taking. But the land needed to be purged. You know, uh, heathens inhabited the land of Canaan. And God's people had to purge the land. It needed to be cleansed. It, principalities and powers, they were trying to take over. They were trying to hold their ground, thinking it was theirs. It had to be 
purged. Like we need to be purged sometimes. Our hearts need to be cleansed, right? Like God wants you to walk in and take possession, but you know, we need to be cleansed. We need to make sure that we walk in as pure and holy vessels, right? Idolatry must must be dealt with. If there's idolatry, it must be it must be dealt with. Because it spreads like wildfire. Created me, O oh God. A clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's Psalm 51 and 10. Proverbs 4, 23 says to guard your heart. Remember I said it was our job? Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. It's our job to do that. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to read to you in Joshua 1, 2. Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Do you see what just happened here? He said, arise and go. Moses, my servant, is, is dead. Well, Moses had children, did he not? But the children that Moses had did not receive the inheritance. But this man of God did, that was faithful, that was faithful to be under his leadership. God chose him. God rose him up. Leadership is not hereditary. It's established by the call of God. Uh, God chose Joshua. He chose Joshua because, number one, his service to Moses, but also his longing to be in the presence of God. He was qualified because his heart yearned for Jesus, for God, for the Lord. Joshua, and even his name, points to Jesus. Moses points to the law. But Joshua, you know, Jehovah saves, points to Jesus. Somebody hearing what I'm saying here tonight? So he served faithfully. He served faithfully under Moses. And, but he also had a heart that he just wanted to be in the presence of God. And he was. And so look at Exodus 33:11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua did not depart from the tabernacle. He did not depart from the tabernacle. He just wanted to worship and to be in his presence. He didn't depart. See, I'm not going to depart. I, I don't want, I will not depart. I don't care how long it is. It doesn't matter. It's not long enough. Let's go to Joshua 1.3. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. He is encouraging this man, isn't he? He's saying, I want to encourage you, Joshua. You're ready. You're trained. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. The Lord is saying that he had the power to conquer. Every place the sole of your foot, every place that your feet step, every place, you have the power to conquer. It's yours. Every place, wherever you step, it is yours. You have to claim it. You need to decree it. You need to say, oh, yeah, I'm speaking that out loud. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Taking back what the enemy has stolen, absolutely. It's mine in the name of Jesus. In Psalm 91, 13, it, this is what the word says. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. You know, they represent demonic powers. They represent strong demonic spirits, strong forces, right? 
right? It, it, but you are literally, you are literally treading upon, which means you're trampling underfoot every place you go. Every place, every place your foot steps upon. It's yours. It's your land, right? So you shall trample upon. You're trampling upon snakes and scorpions. It doesn't get to have its way. You're literally taking that demonic realm. You're literally, you're, you're destroying satanic attacks. You are treading on something. It means you're walking on it. Some of you just need to walk on your problems. And say, oh, I'm walking on you. I'm trampling upon you. Right, Diana? <laughs> Psalm 91, 13. Has the implication of a nest of snakes. Yeah, right? It's referring to different types of demons. Mm -hmm. We have the authority to tread. Tread. Come on, tread. Don't Come tread on me. Come on, tread. You will. There's a song that we like. and Don't tread on me. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, in other words, that devil's not going to tread on us. We're going to tread on it. We're treading on it. We're treading. We're not even calling. We're treading on it. Regardless of how many demons we encounter, forces, fearful scenarios, circumstances, backbiting, gossip, slander. Come on, we've all experienced this. We have experienced the poison that this brings it brings poison words slander gossip these they're poisonous words this is how he tries to literally just destroy you and tread upon you but you're treading upon it because you recognize today, oh, it's a new day. You're recognizing today that those words uh, literally are being broken by the power of our praise. Those words have no weight, no bearing within us any longer. Absolutely not. We have broken the power and the scheme of the enemy of those words. Destroyed them. Destroyed them. If you don't do it, who's going to do it? You need to do it for yourself. Destroy those yokes of bondage that the enemy tried to slime you with. Command them to go. They have no place in your life. Literally, literally. You want to walk in the boldness of the Lord? Then you need to actually open your mouth and say, out of here, devil. I'm not falling for that same tactic. You should have you tried three weeks ago, ten years ago. You should have tried a long time. You lost, devil. What he's banking upon is you not rising up in that kind of courage, in that kind of boldness. And instead, he tries to keep that condemnation, keep that heaviness, keep and say, uh-uh, no, no, we're waking up. You're waking up. Today's a new day. It's a new season. And we're going through those double doors. And we're going to pull you all in. So we break every ungodly word. We destroy those spirits that were sent to us to harass. That's the key right there. They were sent, they were sent to harass. Harassing spirits. They're sent by the enemy. Yes, to bring division. They're sent. So we send them back out. We kick them back out. We trample upon snakes and scorpions and we rise up in our boldness we rise up in our courage and even as the word of the lord said in joshua 1 5 no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life 
No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. Right there, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. In other words, no one is going to be able to defeat you the rest of your life. What a promise. Nobody's going to be able to defeat you. He is repeatedly assuring Joshua of his presence. And the same way that he was with Moses is the same way that he was with Joshua. And it's the same way that he's with us. No one is going to be able to defeat you as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus and your heart connected to him. Amen.